everybody. Thank you for taking the time for yourself to listen to today's episode and to choose to feed yourself with something that will nourish you. In that same breath, today's topic of conversation is the power of attention. More specifically, I want to talk about this concept that's been continually talked about in the media, which is the quote-unquote attention economy. I don't want to get into it in the sense that I feel like I continually see it talked about. For those of you who haven't heard of the attention economy or seen articles about this, the general gist is that in this day and age, as we spend more and more time on the internet, there is an, first, there is an economy for our attention that people, advertisements, companies are all competing for our attention and there is monetary value in the attention that we give. Yet I haven't seen any articles or anyone in this conversation talking about the power that we have in what we give our attention to. Yes, it's true. The internet and the increased role of the internet and technology in our everyday lives has diminished our ability to focus or has just competed for long-term attention. Sure, absolutely. But again, I haven't seen anyone talk about the power that we have as individuals to choose our attention usage intentionally or the role we play in that attention economy because part of our our minds are wired in a way that is referred to as the quote-unquote monkey mind seeking immediate pleasure immediate gratification it's that autopilot it's that unawake state. But we have a higher evolved part of our minds that can awaken and is aware and has power over the monkey mind. That part of our mind understands delayed gratification. It understands the role we play in deciding how we act, in bringing intention and consciousness to our lives, that awareness that keeps us awake and present moment to moment. So that's what I really want to focus on today in this conversation. Because like like I continue to say, I haven't seen anyone talk about this yet. And I think it's so important because the more the conversation is almost putting us in a victim place of like everyone's competing for our attention. Technology is 
increasing our lack of attention or ability to focus, la la la, we have a, a, a role that we play in that attention economy, in that attention transaction. There is a great article in the New York Times that my aunt sent to me, which is linked in the show notes, that discusses Michael Goldhaber's internet prophecies from the 1980s. And uh, he's he was a theoretical physicist who kind of saw how the, the internet was going to play an increasing role in our lives and in turn talks about the attention economy and the role of our attention in that increased presence of the internet in our lives. So I would highly recommend reading that to just get a kind of gist uh, and position on the attention economy and what we're talking about, if you're curious. So, right, there's a lot of talk about how the internet has decreased our ability to focus, decreased our attention span, and the point being, while that is all true, while it is true that there are people competing for our attention on social media, advertising, even, you know, technology devices themselves, everything calls for our attention. And the thing is, social media and the internet and technology devices like our computers, phones, la la la, they appeal to the monkey mind. They give that hit of immediate gratification. They give that unconscious, unintentional, unawake um, kind of autopilot entertainment and use of our attention. So again, I want to focus on and I want to emphasize and talk about our role, our power in this situation because we have a choice and our choice about where we put our attention and where we give attention to, we have a choice in that because we are not our monkey minds. We are evolved beings and while we still have that aspect in our brains, we have functions like neuroplasticity. We can literally reshape and rewire and change our brains to make them work for us. The biggest part of this is awareness, right? I spoke about this in the previous episode, talking about tips and tricks to come back to ourselves. When we pause, and use our awareness to just look at objectively what we're doing, how we're spending our time, what we're giving attention to. With our pause and with our awareness, we choose. We can choose, okay, I've been on social media for an hour this is not how I want to spend my time. I am choosing differently. 
I'll link down below two videos talking about discipline, the monkey mind, and time usage because I think those two videos are going to be really helpful resources and kind of alternate perspectives and information that you might not have had. One of the videos breaks down based on someone's study and calculations how much time we spend on different things in our lives like sleeping, you know, waiting in line, working, and social media in this equation. It is said that we spend three years of our lives on social media. That's huge. That's huge. Now, we don't have to go into the, is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing? Let's just keep it at this conversation, right? The world we inhabit today is one in which the internet plays a huge role in our lives. So, we have a choice. We have a choice how we spend that time. What we give our attention to, we have a choice in that. We can give our attention to things that elevate us, educate us, feed and nourish us, give us goodness and hope and optimism and alternate perspectives and help us become well-rounded individuals and empower us. Or we can give our attention to things of negativity and fear and hatred and disconnection and all of these different things. That's our choice. And so when we are moving through our lives and specifically when we're thinking about how we give our attention to different things and places, We can operate on autopilot and live in an unaware fashion. Or, as I've said before in different episodes, we can live awake. We can live consciously and intentionally. And that is a active practice. If it's passive to live on autopilot, to live from our patterns and our habits, which we are predisposed to do. It's just the way our brain works. If we walk a path in the grass enough times, the path is worn down and it's easier to take that path. That's how our brains work. But like I said, neuroplasticity and rewiring our brains, we can walk new paths. We can form new neuropathways and new habits and new patterns through conscious intention, which in turn will help us to live in an aware, awake way. And the impact on our lives is just absolutely ineffable almost, because unless we've seen that, I think, in certain facets in our lives, and perhaps everyone has their own experience which they can draw to, where they can remember ah, yes, I was going to do this, but then I chose to do that. And choosing to do that rewarded me so much better than doing the default mode, the default pattern, following the monkey mind. We really, really, we have a choice. And I think the biggest thing too is 
We have a choice as to whether we use the current state of affairs with internet and technology as an excuse to say, yeah, well, that's just how it is, and my attention sucks, and I can't focus on anything, so I can't read a book. I can't go for a walk without my phone. I can't do this or do that. It might be true. That might, that it's not invalid that you feel that way. But if you want to live in a place of awareness, if you want to walk through your life awake and not a zombie and not on autopilot and not just following that default mode or how the general population is living because I think that's part of this equation is that to live awake, to truly live awake and aware and present is, and I think I've said this before, is almost an act of rebellion because that's not the norm. So it might feel really difficult and challenging and that's okay because you're learning a new thing, you're trying to walk a different path, but it's, it's taking the road less traveled that makes all the difference. And we have to remember that we are the captains of our own ship. It all comes down to our choices and our decisions, what we choose to give attention to, what we choose to feed ourselves with. It doesn't mean we can't do certain things, something that's more passive, because it's all about a balance. There's the yin and the yang. There's the active and the passive. We need to have a balance between the two. But it's about choosing what the resting yin energy that we feed is and choosing what the active yang energy is. And that's for you to decide. So in figuring out, in discerning how to make these choices for ourselves, again, I've said it before in numerous different episodes, define your values, write them down. Because when you write your values down, you now have a list to hold yourself accountable. Accountability is huge, especially self-accountability. And that's the thing in this conversation, especially in, in the general conversation about personal growth and well-being and all of that. We cannot just excuse things like, I don't want to adult today, or I, that feeling of not wanting to get out of your bed. Part of that is the monkey mind. Again, it's a balance. We have to hold ourselves accountable in those situations. And I think that's the real thing where it's like we have to bring our awareness to the situation and we have to truly ask ourselves. We get inquisitive and we ask ourselves about what we're feeling. Why can't I adult today? What is it that's telling me this? What could I do to pull myself out of this thing? It's using our intention and our intuition and our minds as one unit on the same team. Because otherwise we can feel like we're battling two different sides of ourselves. But when you can 
work with yourself and almost it's 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 like part of us there's a child right there's a child in us and there's an adult in us and I think that this is actually something I really haven't found people have conversations about as you go from right childhood through adolescence and then into early adulthood you have to be your own parent you have to be your own adult but you also have to figure out how to parent yourself and be that force of accountability and that force of discipline and motivation for yourself in a way that works for yourself, in a way that is compassionate, honest, and loving and kind. This is especially true, and I think for everyone, it, it's it, on a spectrum, but we have to figure out the ways in which our childhoods and our upbringing cripple us. And the parenting and the adult modeling that we got from our early environments and our early relationships and everything as we grew up, society, culture, media, how that's impacted us. And again, we have to choose what we're going to feed and discern what's not feeding us, what's keeping us stuck or stagnant. It's, it's a balance. And I think that that's a journey, that's a part of the journey everyone walks on their own. It's a really important part of the journey that we should open up to. Once we define our values, we're going to look at how we're actually spending our time, what we're actually giving our attention to. Part of this has to do with I think social media is a great example of this, especially because it's something that's often talked about in the attention economy. And it's really important, right? The, the, the company we keep, and social media is an extension of that, the company we keep and what we bring into our awareness impacts us consciously and subconsciously. And if it's impacting us negatively, we have a choice in that. So cleaning out social media feeds, cleaning out who you follow is so impactful. And I understand that this is kind of hard for people, but I think that we need to have a conversation about the fact that this is your life and you don't owe it to people that you just happen to go to high school with, who you happen to be friends on social media with, to follow them. You do not owe that to someone just because they're an acquaintance. And ask yourself, does this person, should this person know what I'm up to on a daily, monthly, weekly, yearly basis? Do you know what I mean? Access to your life, to your information is a privilege. And you have every right to feel that way. And I don't think we talk about that enough. When I have conversations with friends about this, I think it's really hard for people, they feel mean, they feel you know, whatever. But it does not matter what people say about you who don't actually truly know you. I'm going to repeat that again. If someone is going to be upset because you unfollowed them, they have a right to be. They might hurt, but there is also a part of being objectively honest with ourselves, which is I don't talk to them. They don't talk to me. Just because they like my pictures, I don't owe them anything. 
And if we're not speaking, if we haven't spoken, and if I don't have a relationship with that person, do I want to see what they're up to in their lives? And do they deserve, should they be someone seeing what I'm up to in my life? Privacy and the privilege of people having access to your life and to your information is something that we all have to discern for ourselves. And it's going to only continue to grow incredibly important. And I can tell you from my own experience, because like I've said, I don't use personal social media. It is incredibly liberating to clear out who's following you on your social media and who you're following as well. And it's on that spectrum, it's incredibly liberating to be a private person. That is the world I inhabit. And again, speaking from my experience, No one needs to know what you're up to 24-7. And just because that's the norm, and this is my bigger point. I'm not going to get preachy about this. But that's the bigger point, is you have to discern discern for yourself what, what role privacy and sharing plays in your life. Because, again, from my experience, the less we're posting, the less we're sharing the more easier it is to just be present and the less you're consuming of other people's lives. You have your own goddamn life to live. You know what I mean? I think that's the most powerful takeaway I can kind of give to people in terms of my experience not having personal social media. We have our own lives to live and three years of your life on social media is huge. So decide what you give attention to and that is the bigger part of this conversation. Decide for yourself. That's how we achieve more and more freedom in our lives. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what the mainstream and the masses are doing. It doesn't matter what's socially acceptable and what's socially unacceptable or weird. But do what feels right for you. If being on social media feels makes you feel anxious and makes you feel shitty about yourself and is just eating up your time and your how you if you looked at it honestly you could probably say you have an addiction to it which is not odd or something to be ashamed of i've said this before and you can literally watch a documentary on it it's been designed to be addictive it's been designed to feed off the monkey mind so bring that conscious intention and that choice to what you're giving your attention to. Clear out who you're following on social media. And in a bigger span of things, again, look at how you're spending your time. Because if you value something and it's not how you're spending your time on a daily or weekly basis, then that's unaligned. And we find harmony when we align our thoughts, what we say, and what we do. This is an incredibly powerful exercise. And again, do this with compassion and honesty and openness. Suspend your judgment of yourself because at the end of the day, and you can remind yourself if you feel yourself getting judgmental when you're doing this, remind yourself, I'm doing this for my higher good. I'm doing this for the betterment of my being and my existence. I'm doing this for the betterment of my life and breathe into that rather than feeding the part of you that's telling you you're 
bad or you're this for doing that and spending your time like this. So what you can do is for a day and even more so I think for a week, it'll be more powerful, but start with just a day and track on a piece of paper how you spend your time from when you wake up to when you go to bed. If after the end of the day you're looking at your sheet of paper and you see woke up, spent five minutes on social media, went back to bed, feeling shitty, had a shitty breakfast, already you can look at that and ask yourself, if I didn't grab my phone first thing in the morning and if I could just use this little five-second rule where I count one, two, three, four, five, boom, feet are on the floor, which is incredible. I would 10 out of 10 recommend that. And even with any decision you make when you're working on feeding your discipline and self-discipline, use that. I love that trick. Count one, two, three, four, five, and then do it because that is also how you short circuit that monkey brain that's going to tell you don't exercise, don't do this, don't do that. Because if you're, you feel that your body is telling you, I want to move, I've been, you know, if you're feeling lethargic, then that's a sign that you need a little bit of movement. So one, two, three, four, five, I'm dancing around my room, I'm putting some music on, I'm stretching, I'm doing a little bit of yoga, I'm doing just a few exercises, whatever. But one, two, three, four, five. So we've looked, we see, okay, if I just did one, two, three, four, five, and I got myself out of bed, and then if I went and I brushed my teeth right away and said some nice things to myself in the mirror and hyped myself up for the day, today's going to be a great day. Thank you that I was given another day and consciously and intentionally beginning my day with positive affirmations, maybe then I would have been able to decide on a healthier breakfast. And maybe then I would have had more energy and more excitement and more positivity to move through my day. So we can really see the ways in which our autopilot is holding us back. And then with that information, with that feedback, because it's all just feedback, it's not failure, it's not bad, it's not anything. It is what it is. And now we have with our awareness of it, we have the power to make choices and we have the power to continually choose to feed something better. So after we look at how we're spending our time on a daily or a weekly basis, we can ask ourselves if that time usage, if what we're giving our attention to is in alignment with our values and if it doesn't align, what do we need to do to reorganize our time usage, to realign what we give attention and energy to that will actually work in a circular motion and give that back to us. You know what I mean? So there's some food for thought. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope that it lands somewhere in your being that resonates with you and that empowers you and reminds you that you have a choice as to where you give your attention. And we can intentionally choose where we give our attention and how we spend our time 
that actually feeds and energizes us. If we feel tired, it's not because we've done too much. It's because we've done too little of what we love, of what actually feeds us. So sit with that and think about that. And I encourage you to reflect on how that might actually represent your time usage and your where you give your attention to. And again, I really hope that this just reminds you of your power and reminds you that you can make choices that benefit your life and contribute to the betterment of your being and your existence and what you give to people. Because again, especially if we're looking at interrelationship, right? It's really important to bring these conversations again back into context outside of ourselves. If we say that we value spending time with our friends and family, but we see that the way that we're doing that is constantly passive, or we can see that we spent time with a friend, but we were on our phone the whole time, ask yourself if that really aligns with quality time to you, if that is what you want to be doing. And if it's not, we have a choice in that. And the more we can work on our discipline and our accountability and our intention and awareness in our own lives with ourselves, we can bring that to our relationships. We can bring that to what we do and everything that we do in the world. You are very powerful. Your attention is your choice. You are not the victim of current circumstances. You have the ability to rise above and to choose for yourself and discern for yourself what you give attention to and how you spend your time. And that will truly make all the difference. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I certainly did. I think it's it's just such a great reminder and such an empowering thing for me to even talk about uh, and remind myself. Because I think we all fall in, like, I'm not perfect. We all fall into habits and little chunks of time or big chunks of time when we're in autopilot, when we're unaware and going through life unawake but we can always wake ourselves back up and use the power of our choices and what we feed with our attention and our time. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Sending everybody light and love. Bye everybody.